in Somalia, one of your brothers in Christ regularly distributes Bibles, putting his life at risk. How can he be so courageous? How can he face such dangers with peace? Brother Michael asked him. He said, someday he's going to die. He knows that. And he said he's not afraid, but he's wise. He'll be, he's careful. He's got three children. For him is uh, to live as Christ, but to die is gain, basically as the as Apostle Paul says. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today with Brother Michael. He is another of our first-name-only guests. Michael is with the Bible League, and he is one of our partners working in the Horn of Africa. And we're going to talk about some of those countries today, Ethiopia and Somalia and Sudan, Michael, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. I want to talk specifically about Ethiopia because uh, it's a country I've had the chance to visit. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. Uh, It also is the home, in my opinion, to the best coffee in the world. So they say they originated coffee. But what is it like to be a Christian in Ethiopia, especially a convert, whether you come from Islam or you come from another faith, what's the challenges that you'll face as a new Christian in Ethiopia? Ethiopia, as, as you know, has been an old country, has a history in the Bible. Uh, Christianity came to Ethiopia some uh, 400 AD, around there, and has had a rich tradition of Christianity. But uh, along the way, the Christianity took a form of more cultural religion, and uh, the traditional religion, uh, the majority religion being the Orthodox Church, has developed itself and a bit away from the gospel to more traditions. And so the other dominant religion in the country is Islam, and about 35% of the country are Muslims or uh, some not practicing, but traditional Muslims and other uh, fairly extremists. And so when a person comes to, to Christ, uh, become an evangelical Christian, which is called Pente in, in Ethiopian context, they basically are identifying themselves different from Muslims or Coptic Orthodox. And so immediately it generates this negative image among the population, both in their workplace, in government, uh, uh, how people are treated, and also within their community. And so they get persecution from the Coptic Orthodox Church and and also from the uh, Muslim community. And, and so while the evangelical Christianity is growing very strong and in some of the towns, there is fairly uh, decent freedom for people to be evangelical Christians. But to, in the countryside and in traditional areas where uh, in the northern part of the country, in uh, where uh, Coptic Orthodox is, is almost 98%, 99% of the population, and in the eastern part of the country where... Uh, 
Islam uh, in the Somali border and in the southeastern border where Islam is 97, 98%, the Christians uh, severely get persecuted. So what does that look like? What types of persecution are they facing? And who does it come from? Is it from mainly within their family? Is it mainly the village level or is it like the national the national government level. Yes, uh, the persecution comes um, first and um, foremost is from the family members. When one is converted, unless the entire family comes to Christ, they basically are denied as family members, you know, and uh, they are immediately told to stop this this religion, and because they're afraid not only for their uh, loved one but once, but also for the family itself. And so the family would be ostracized, and that's the first level of persecution. And then from the village level, a village association it might be, uh, which is more a government-appointed position, and or the religious people in the, in the area. It could be the priest, it could be a mosque leader that would come and speak to the family and would ask the person to renounce their newfound faith. And uh, if they refuse that, in some areas, people would be told to to leave the area. And if they don't leave, they get beaten. I have seen people speared. I've been people um, completely chased away, locked away out from their homes. And families who have lost their properties as a result of that, marriage broken. I mean, it is a, of a story of a, of a person, for example, who was an imam for 16 years. And uh, So an imam is a Muslim leader or yes, Muslim teacher. Yes, has learned the Quran in 16 years and serving in the mosque. And uh, while a friend uh, gave him a Bible and as he was reading it, he, he got, he got uh, converted and came to know the Lord Praise Jesus the Christ. Lord. Amen. <laughs> This immediately upon knowing that this is actually sheikh in the in the in the, in the mosque, as soon as they found out that he were, he has accepted Christ, uh, he was he was asked to denounce, and then he was excommunicated from the mosque, and uh, the mosque leaders and uh, parents took away his wife and his children. So if if you're going to be a Christian. You lost your job. You can't come to the mosque anymore. And we're going to take away your family. Yes. And he also lost his land, the land that he had inherited from his family. He lost that. And so he became basically alone, chased out of his community. And so, but by God's grace, he he came to us uh, through our partners and uh, got some support. And uh, today he is now the trainer for people who came to faith in, in Christ, and he participates in the baptismal program. And uh, this uh, particular ministry has witnessed and brought to salvation 5,400 people Wow! And, uh, in uh, right in Ethiopia. So he's gone from being the trainer at the mosque to being the trainer for the new believers in Christ. Hallelujah. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Michael. He is one of our Voice of the Martyrs partners working in the Horn of Africa. Michael, you also are involved in training church leaders and church planters. What What is the focus of that training, or, or what does that training look like to prepare one of these believers to now go out and, and plant new churches and evangelize other people? 
the uh, church planting or planting new churches uh, program is uh, an initiative that we undertake because the gospel is spreading fast. We do not have enough Bible colleges and Bible schools to put people two years, three years, four years into a college program so that they can go out and become pastors. And so it's a short-term program that is done. We, we do modular programs that address evangelism, discipleship, leadership, administration, and then uh, being salt and light. The first module is evangelism. So when they come back in, in three months, in most instances, people have already established a new church. <laughs> and cause that's the, that is really the, right. the evaluation of the success of the program. And so they continue to go into discipleship and they have set groups and uh, the next module and, and they have a, they have a, a program uh, that they're running group groups in homes and cells and so forth. And, and that's how the program is established. And uh, in Ethiopia and in the, in the neighboring countries where we're working, we trained 1,240 church planters this year. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And one of the ways that Voice of the Martyrs partners with some of those church planters uh, is through the provision of motorbikes. Yes. Why is a motorbike make such a difference for a church planter mm -hmm. in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. Transportation is one of the most difficult areas for frontline missionaries. Uh, the buses don't go to some of these villages, and if they go, they go only once a week on market day. And uh, often if a non-missionary that is in an, a hostile area travels with a, a bus, Often returning back becomes very difficult once they recognize who he is, and so people he's left behind. And so that's uh, an area of safety and risk. And also the area has been spread out so much. The villages are far, and, and some frontline missionaries travel up to 10 hours to get to uh, their training wow. center. Yeah, And uh, often on foot? Is that on or, foot? On, on foot. Oh, on, wow. on foot, yeah. And uh, one one of our uh, missionary colleagues uh, was telling me that uh, he travels 10 hours, and often he's not complaining about the sore feet and the swollen feet. His shoes, he, ran out, he runs out <laughs> of shoes, and almost every month he has to buy shoes. And, wow. uh, and that is, is a hazard for him and, and economically. And so these church planters, frontline missionaries, when they get a motorbike, they can travel fast. They can go to various uh, preaching points. They can support a persecuted Christian very easily. Uh, for instance, a woman who came to Christ with her, with her children, her husband had passed away, uh, was in this area where uh, it's almost 100% uh, Muslims. As uh, they, they asked her to denounce her faith and uh, of course, uh, she refused, and he loved the Lord, and she's trying to witness to them, actually. And so they got upset, and uh, they told her to leave, and she said she wouldn't. And one night after the children and, and, and their mother had uh, a supper, uh, in the middle of the night, they torched her house. And uh, she woke up uh, hearing this noise and, uh, and smoke everywhere. And so she took the kids out and she cried. Uh, she made uh, help noise, and which uh, usually in, in Ethiopia, people come to help you right. uh, when it's a time like this. And no one came for help. Yeah. Well, and we're so, happy to help you as long as you're a Muslim. But if mm -hmm. you're going to be a Christian, yeah. 
No help for you. No, no help for her. And so, thank God, uh, she was. Uh, the kids were okay, and everything that she had got burnt down. And so, the missionary who heard this on his motorbike traveled forty kilometers, and to be there the next morning. Wow! And gave her support and help and uh, support from VOM to 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 strengthen the family. And she is in that community still today, and people are coming to the Lord in that community, and we anticipate a new church being planted uh, very soon. Wow. Well, you think about uh, somebody who's walking 10 hours to go to where they want to share the gospel. If they get a motorbike, it seems like maybe it's one hour on the motorbike, and that's nine extra hours of ministry, nine extra hours of evangelism and talking to people. Exactly. And one of uh, our uh, frontline missionaries, Gamada, we gave him a motorbike with the support of VOM about three years ago. Uh, He has seven new churches planted and 15 preaching points that he has today. Wow. So, you know, one of the ways that you can help the ministry of the Voice of the Martyrs is through these motorbikes. That's what we call frontline ministry. If you come to vomradio.net and click on the donate button, you will see frontline ministry. That includes motorcycles and bicycles and some places horses to get people to where they do the ministry. And one motorcycle, now seven churches, 15 additional preaching points uh, all because here's a, a frontline worker who can now get around to more places. So thank you, Michael, for explaining why why that's such an important thing and, and why that's such a, a great means of ministry. Let's go next door to Somalia, because we don't hear a lot about what's happening in Somalia, especially with the church. We know al-Shabaab is there. We know they hate the church. What is God doing inside Somalia that that we can talk about publicly. I think we believe in scripture that the only way to to reach people in, in, in a particular area is, is through their own people. And so we have, by God's grace, we connected with a Somali believer, an apostolic leader who has has been working in Somalia, often alone, but God has God has touched his life, and he's committed his life to sharing the gospel, the good news among the Somali people in Somalia. And so through this, his ministry, uh, over the last eight years, he has opened 15 home sale churches. Wow. And uh, God has been doing amazing things. And this, this leader would come out from time to time to neighboring countries and uh, would get encouragement and support and goes back with digital Bibles on little microchips mm-hmm. and will go and uh, and distribute. One year alone, he did 1,900 microchips were distributed in Somalia. Wow. And God works in, in amazing ways. And uh, this year, we have witnessed 36 Somalis come to faith in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We have seen pictures of them, people being baptized at the Red Sea with their uh, hijabs and looking very uh, like uh, Arabs. But uh, what uh, they are doing is uh, dying to sin and being raised up to Christ. What is the risk for him? I mean, I would think every time he gives one of those microchips with the Bible on it, he's really risking his life to do that. Yeah, 
He said, uh, he said we've asked us, uh, many times these questions, and uh, we're very careful about uh, his identity and do our best uh, to try to, to protect him and his identity. But he said someday he's going to die, and uh, he knows that. Uh, one of his colleagues was in a, one of the bordering countries, and uh, they knew who, where he was and came in when he was having a breakfast and uh, shot him to death died in instant in in this coffee place and so we were able to to hear this and i called uh, this brother and i said how do you feel he said it's a, a death of a hero if if he dies like the the pastor friend of his he said he died a hero and wow. he died for christ and he said he's not afraid but he's wise he'll be he's careful he's got uh, three children uh, he's got a family and he's got a network of people that he's supporting. And uh, so he said, uh, for, for him, is uh, to live as Christ, but to die is gain, right. basically, as, a, as Apostle Paul says. So. It's interesting to kind of begin your ministry with the idea that someday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die for this. Mm-hmm. But every day he goes out and keeps doing the work. And how do you help believers like him overcome fear do, do they have fear or and how do they overcome it uh, in a situation like that where he knows he's at risk he's had co-workers killed hmm. how does he put aside the fear and and keep doing the work mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean the the power of the holy spirit is 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 present and this this man is a man of prayer he has given his life. He could have done so many other things. He's, he's, a, he's a very intelligent person and uh, well-educated. He could do all kinds of things to, to, to make a living. But he's chosen this. And I believe that Christ has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's real for him. Yeah. And I will be with you to the end of the earth. That's That's Christ. And those words mean real to him than anyone else elsewhere. And so he goes he goes every day with confidence. And if you see him, um, he's not a guy who's hiding. Uh, he, he goes with his confidence. And when people ask him, he said, I'm the follower of Jesus. Brother Michael, what keeps you motivated to keep doing this work? Because you've been doing this for a long time now. What keeps you going? At one time, I lived in darkness. I was in the military. I have seen death. I have seen the power of darkness. I have uh, been uh, homeless, a street person. And God, in his time, brought me into relationship with Jesus Christ, where he took my past away and gave me a new life. And God also brought people into my path who nurtured me, who saw me that I had, I have purpose. And so when I was nurtured and discipled in the way that I did, all I wanted to do was serve Christ with the rest of my life, with me and my family. As I began this work, uh, there was a level of fear you know, would, would I be able to do it? And uh, as God has strengthened me through each step of the way. And so I travel in many places within East Africa, uh, very risky places and places that uh, 
sometimes you feel I may, I may not come back. But the love of God and what he had done for me and uh, the command of Christ uh, to go into the end of the earth and preach the gospel and make disciples and the fact that I am not alone. Amen. He is always with me, no matter what. And that confidence, even if I die doing what I do, I gain. I gain eternal life. And so that's the confidence that keeps me moving. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Michael. He is one of our partners on the Horn of Africa. Michael, the, the thing we try to do as we finish up is equip people to pray. Yes. We want to help our listeners pray in a knowledgeable way, in an effective way. So let's let's talk first about Ethiopia. How do we pray for the nation of Ethiopia and especially for our Christian brothers and sisters who are there? Yeah, pray, uh, let's pray for Ethiopia that it would have a stability. It would have, uh, Ethiopia has been going through uh, turmoil over the last couple of years. And uh, this change and transformation that we're seeing now will bring uh, more openness and uh, doors open for Christians to to do ministry. Ethiopia is at the center of a focus for many for many countries, uh, neighboring countries. It's, it's a gateway of Islam. Uh, the African Union is in Ethiopia. The Economic Commission for Africa is in Ethiopia. And so a lot of uh, the Arab countries are putting focus and there is a lot of extremism that is coming into the country. And pray that Christians will remain bold and uh, we move forward not only for Ethiopia, but be a light for the neighboring countries, that missionaries will go out to the neighboring countries and, uh, and bring the light of Jesus Christ to all of East Africa. Amen. Now let's go to Somalia, a, a much tougher place. How do we pray especially for Christians in Somalia? We pray that uh, Christians in Somalia will be emboldened, but they'll be strong. And uh, sometimes sacrifices have to be made for changes to happen. And I think the, the, the Christians in Somalia have been living in secrets and for a long time. And if there is a church, it's more a church that is serving expatriates, not the Somali believers. Our prayer is that the government will make a change to give uh, freedom of religion as one of the rights. As uh, Somali, Somalia is joining the African Union and there is a stability, we pray that there is openness for, for religion to be practiced. And we pray that God will bring resources to support those who identify themselves as Christians and that we would have resources to send in through through various uh, communication means, whether it's digital Bibles or uh, radio programs that would reach the Somali people. We pray that leaders will come up from within the Christian community in Somalia that will rise up and, and see that uh, they have the same right that Ethiopians have that the gospel to be preached, the same right that the Kenyans have to be preached uh, the gospel in Kenya. And so we pray that leaders will rise and pray for those that have committed themselves to Christ today. Like tonight, this day, people are moving around expecting that they could be slaughtered. They could be stoned and that their household could be burned. So pray for them that they will persevere. Amen. Brother Michael, it is a great honor to have you here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for your ministry. 
Thank you for partnering with us to help believers in that part of the world. Praise God. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you missed any of this conversation with Brother Michael, you can hear it again at vomradio.net. This week we talked about providing motorcycles. There's a button there at vomradio.net that says Donate. If you give to support Frontline Ministry, you are helping provide motorcycles in places like Ethiopia, in places like Southeast Asia, where a motorcycle helps a pastor or evangelist expand the ministry to reach more villages with the gospel. Motorcycles are just one of the ways that the Voice of the Martyrs helps and equips frontline workers. Again, you can support that work by giving online at vomradio.net. Our guest next week is in such a difficult, dangerous situation, we're going to have to disguise his voice for the broadcast. But he'll share with us how God is at work in the Middle East. Please be back to hear about that next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.